gentlemen to the Godzilla Pod War Hour. I'm completely sober and with us as always is Mike Kelly. How you doing Mike? Oh very well thank you for asking. And uh, today we have a uh, another guest speaker, guest speaker number two, Dos, uh, El Duce, I think that means two, uh, Emmett Williams. How are you doing Emmett? I'm, I'm good, very good. Good. How are y'all? Peachy. Good. I feel warm and Warm on the inside, but magical on the outside because we have snow here in Silver Spring, Maryland, and I do believe it will be a white Christmas, and that is a big deal because we didn't get any snow at all last year, so I am happy. Yes. It's a good um, deal. I mean... Yeah, but it wasn't... Does it really count as snow? I mean, coming from Michigan, do you really count this as snow? No. Okay. No, this is a joke. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is a joke, but... <laughs> Actually, laid out. That wasn't what I said just now. Was not a joke. I mean, I looked outside and it was like it was immediately. It's like, oh, okay. But uh, coming from Michigan, no, this is uh, nothing. This is, you know, it's it's embarrassing that we got the day off. Although I loved it. Yeah, the federal government has been shut down today because we got, I think, what an inch Inch? now. Yes, maybe a little less. Yeah, even that didn't really stick. Yeah, it it wasn't for wasn't for cars and trees. You wouldn't know that we had snow at all. (laughs) The, The ground hasn't frozen yet. Yeah, <laughs> so, exactly. uh, so yes, uh, we have asked Emma to come here today to his to his place. We're actually recording for the first time in a non Nathan Bear location. Yes, uh, so much less hair, much less here. hair. Thank you, thank you all for coming. To well, my home. this is a is a wonderful place, and we feel very welcome. Yeah, we're here today to talk about the ninth film in the Godzilla series, Destroy All Monsters. Nathan, what do you have to say? I, I have to say I love but hate this film. It's a very it's a very S and M relationship I have with this uh, movie. Um, I love it because of the fights, um, but this uh, script is uh, definitely not to uh, Mr. Honda's standards. Um, so it's better than most, but uh, it it could have been better than it is. So, yeah, what. In what way are the scripts usually better? Well, um, a few of the others directed by Mr. Honda, including the first and uh, more recently in the series, uh, Monster Zero, had uh, just a little bit more feasible plot. Yes, it is science fiction. Yes, it does go by pulp guidelines. But it, it usually is so into itself that it, it, it seems completely believable. Whereas this, it seems like they were trying to uh, use the work of the other Godzilla director, Mr. Fukuda, whose uh, scripts, uh, he he tended to direct uh, kind of James Bond and gangster-like films. Um, So this kind of seems like they were trying to mix that with Shiro Honda's um, science fiction epics. And the overall result is... Half good, half bad. So the special effects are great, but the human development, which was key to the success of the other ones, Mothra, the original Godzilla, Godzilla vs. Monster Zero, is very flat. So we don't get as much of that in this film. 
So, when you say the the special effects are great. Yes. I I <laughs> thought that there were times when I was like, wow, these special effects are great. And there were times I thought, that looks like Lego things. <laughs> like, it's, it's, did they spend like a lot, of mon- a lot of money on fire and no money on... What a what a town would actually look like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, comparatively to speaking to the other, the more recent films in the series, and by recent I mean the films leading up to this, uh, the budget was much larger because <clears throat> they thought it was going to be the last one. So they were like, "Well, let's just splurge." So this was the first time in, I'm going to say probably three or four films where you actually had the monsters converging on a major city like, well, Tokyo. We see other kind of brief snippets of, you know, New York and Beijing and <clears throat> Paris. Yeah. Oh, that was but, so sad. Yeah. Our Montreal comes down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Broke my heart. <laughs> um, but this was the first large scale city to be depicted in one of these movies for, for about half a decade. So yeah. uh, by those standards, by what has come before, it's, I would say it's pretty well done. Some of the stuff, like the cars in the in the streets, just looks absurdly fake. Uh, especially yeah. the fact that it's supposed to take place in the future, 1999, yeah. the near distant <laughs> future. Yeah, I don't remember 1999, any, yeah. anything that happened. So, uh, and the fact that the cars they're driving in are clearly from the 1960s. Yeah. They weren't even yeah. trying to fake it like in that uh, UFO. Are you familiar with like UFO, the British television series? Where no. Like, Okay, well, it's a British television series, and they had, like, it It, it took place in the not-too-distant future of the 80s, and, of course, everyone's, like, got pink hair, and, you know, what what they thought the 80s would look like. This doesn't even try that. No, it's this just, is like, just, this we're is going to say it's, yeah, it's 1968, but we're yeah. going to say it's 1999. Yes. His yeah. style has not changed at all. What, yeah. what, what they have is the one futuristic-looking spaceship yeah. The SY3. Yes. And so it's, I think all of humanity has poured all of its resources and everything. <laughs> Starting in the year 1968, yeah. they put like a planetary hold on all technological advancements with the exception of the SY3. Oh, yeah. And they're like, we're going to pour everything into this spaceship, guys. And trust me, in 30 years, it's going to be great. Right. And uh, so maybe that's what happened. This is what happens when the socialists take over. Um, I think one of the problems with this movie is that it's it's trying to be like a Sekizawa script. Sekizawa wrote like the last four movies, mm-hmm. but this film wasn't written by Sekizawa. It was uh, Keiru uh, Mabuchi and Inshiro Honda um, both share scripting duties mm-hmm. on this. So it seems like Honda is trying to uh, almost do his own Sekizawa script and kind of failing here because he yeah. misunderstands what makes those scripts good. Is there mm-hmm. a disclaimer at the end of every podcast that you guys do apologizing to the Jap- people of Japan? Yeah. Okay. I mean, there should what be. About saying their names? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Name pronunciation. Oh, yeah. Alright, just one more. Okay. <laughs> I mean, there isn't, but... Uh, okay. But if there <laughs> we, might, we, might, we might start that going forward. Okay, yeah. Uh, I'm just an asterisk. Yeah, exactly. We're ba- we're baiting people to for negative comments. <laughs> you fools aren't pronouncing any of these names correctly. Okay, good. Oh, that's Bring it a good on. Idea. Whose authority yeah. uh, have you taken to, right, to right. do this podcast? You, you know who's authority? You know nothing. Your mom. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyways. Um. So yeah, I mean, 
it's the the film i think a lot its legacy is sort of uh the the title is and the concept of it mm-hmm. the title was i thought that the the title the, it's destroy all monsters but no yeah. monsters were even threatened really no no like, i i think a more accurate are people right is I, that what we're going for a more accurate title i believe would be subdue one monster yes because mm-hmm. the one with the three heads yeah. Gidra, is yeah. is Subdued. Yeah, that was and a nice yeah. battle. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. a good. I, I don't think it yeah. was a battle. It was more like a, a gangbang, like a it sad gangbang. Yeah, Evid is confused. I don't. You see, one, yeah. a mommy and daddy really, really love no, each other. Stop bringing other dads. <laughs> Damn it. It's not that type of show, all right? I don't. I, With apologies to I'm those gonna, under 15. Evid, I'm sorry. All right. So. Um, but no, the yeah, title. Yeah, so it was a great battle. It was a great battle. It's an amazing title. Destroy all monsters. Yeah. Just the concept of all the monsters getting together and fighting each other once and for all, which is what I always thought this movie was going to be. I didn't see yeah. this movie till I was about twenty one, twenty two, mm. for the first time. And but I'd always grown up sort of knowing about it. And there was this great a series of books. Uh, which I've talked about before in this program called the uh, Crestwood House Monster Series. Mm. And to my knowledge, they were in every uh, elementary school library in America uh, from like 1976 forward. Well, till about, I don't know, 1990. Was, it, was that the one that had the like descriptions of like how a, a Godzilla set was put up and yeah. like, had a drawing? Yeah, and it was sort of like Monsters 101. I mean, they had a book about Dracula... You know the Blob, creature from the Black Lagoon, and, and they had a, a book about both King Kong and Godzilla. Got their own separate books, but they, you know, this is obviously pre-internet and all that stuff. And this was our only way of, of seeing images from these films. And so I saw what I thought at the time was a picture from this final battle, which was every monster all together, all fighting, all shooting out their lasers and, and fire breath and what have you. And just being like, oh, but this this is going to be incredible. I uh, later on I came to find out that that was just a a still that was manufactured for the you know marketing push of the movie. And about five of those monsters in that picture are barely even in the last fight, and it's mostly just Godzilla or in the movie at all. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, or in the movie at all. Um, so. When I did see the film, it, it ultimately I found it to you know the the end battle is. Pretty good, just for the the spectacle of it. Yeah. It should be said, it should be noted that the scale and size of this film was definitely improved. Like uh, the shots of Monster Island, it, it definitely feels like you're in a helicopter. They went to great lengths to actually build rather large sets to fit all these creatures and to make it at least seem, uh, at least get them all in there. Right. Without having to uh, cheapen it out. Yeah. I mean, obviously, for practical reasons, some of the monsters are not in the final battle because they were broken, tattered, or they just didn't feel like adding them. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, but definitely, the the scale of the monsters is improved. Um, so you get shots of like Godzilla and the rest of the monsters from a bird's eye view, and it's actually the men in the suits. But from really high up. Yeah. Um, 
So, some small background. Like we said, it was the ninth film in the series. It was supposed to be the last movie in the series. That's why they got Honda back mm-hmm. um, in the director's chair. Um, that's why they got Akira Fukube back doing the music. And I think one of the great things of this film is the score is quite stirring. Yeah, mm-hmm. I thought. That, yeah, I thought that even like the special effects sounds, the audio, whatever they're called, I thought they were really good. Also, yeah, like it was, but it, because it showed sort of the the range from some things just being really sort of 1968 special effects mm-hmm. to like you know 1969 special effects. So. <laughs> yeah, um, it's one of. Fukubei's, I, I put it in his top five best scores. It's not yeah. quite his best one, but certainly the the Destroy All Monsters March yeah. is, uh, I, I put it in one of his top three, it's standalone pieces of yeah. the music. And it feels quite different than the previous Godzilla scores, and I think it's uh, beautiful in the fact that it it's saying that this isn't just about Godzilla. It's right. about all yeah so yeah that yeah. that is a cool vibe is that Godzilla gets I mean obviously plenty of screen time um but it's no th- this world has gotten too big and he can't it's not just about him anymore yeah. <laughs> you know um it's about all monsters uh speaking of all monsters so okay yes the title destroy all monsters amazing I was always under the impression that they would in fact destroy all monsters yeah. at the end of it and in fact, they do, in fact, just end up uh, subduing one monster. Yeah. Step on his neck a lot. Step on his neck, a lot of neck yeah. stomping. A lot of blood. Um, well, but decent. <laughs> that, the, the title, more than anything else, has gone on to like be a, a thing of its own, have a life mm-hmm. of its own uh, yeah. outside of this yeah. film. Yeah, I wish I had a band called Destroy All Monsters. <laughs> in fact, there was a band called Destroy All Monsters uh, from the beautiful American city of Detroit, Michigan. Uh, it was formed in 1973. One of the founding, member, founding members uh, was a, a bunch of, well, it was a bunch of U- University of Michigan students, but one of the founding members, I'm proud to say, was named Michael Kelly. Oh, yeah. uh, Yes, and they were uh, cohorts, or they were, they were contemporaries of uh, MC5 and the Stooges, and they did all sorts of crazy performance art stuff and uh they they've never actually had an official studio release um but they've had compilations of their work put out by other bands and things so um that's that's one thing that i when researching this film i found that yes there was a a band that i guess many musicians punk musicians in particular cite as as an early influence um so you've got that you also have uh, the Gamera film, Destroy All Planets, yes, uh, which is clearly a, you know, mm-hmm. uh, piggybacking off of that name. Uh, you've got the video game series, Destroy All Humans, mm-hmm. um, which for PlayStation 2, and they came out with actually a sequel to that. Uh, you've got, the list goes on, Destroy All Cars, it's like an auto-making website, Destroy All Comics, Destroy all media. Destroy all guitars. Is about like a, just an acoustic guitar appreciation website. <laughs> so it's like the the concept of destroy all really has sort of a life of its own, and it started here. Right. Um, so and that was that. Ultimately, I think more people like the. I mean, it's just got such a cool sound to it. You yeah. Know? yeah. And I think it goes along with uh, 
Godzilla versus King Kong, it's an infamous title. Yeah. Uh, and as you mentioned before, it has a legacy. The difference is, is that Godzilla vs. King Kong seems to have a uh, uh, better uh, reputation overall. Like, the movie actually delivers. Yeah, the movie delivers. You know, yeah. whereas this... This kind of. <laughs> this movie basically delivers, I suppose. Yeah. It's good Close. for a watch. It's um, kind of like a yeah. pizza that's uh, 30 minutes late. It's uh, cold. But it's still pizza. I'll eat it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'll eat it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll eat it. distant future we are told in the opening uh voiceover while looking at the uh unsc space station our space base here on earth um, i can only guess that unsc stands for united nations space center something corpse corpse maybe corpse. not not the uh not not as in like a, a group uh, we, we mean like it's a bloated corpse. Oh, yeah. It's I think like, that was understood. This is what happens when government funds get, uh, you know. I think that was implied. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, there's, uh, you know, a very quick description of it's 1999 and here's a spaceship yeah. to prove that it's 1999. <laughs> and then we see the credits in the, in the restored international slash Japanese cut of the film. Now, this yeah. is the, to my knowledge... One of two changes that were made between the American, the original American cut and the Japanese version, which was uh, these credits were saved for the end of the film. And it just in cut immediately. Right. Yeah, in the American version, sorry. In the American version, yes, the credits were, were put at the end of the film. Um, which, probably a mistake, I think, because yeah. the credits are really awesome and get you really pumped for the movie. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> probably. In, in some ways, the best part of the movie is yeah. the opening credits. Well, yeah, certainly that piece of music is the best thing to come out of this movie. Um, anyways, so yes, after that brief interlude, very cool design to the titles, I must say, with all the sort of abstract shapes. Yeah, I was, very, I was expecting a lot based on the titles. <laughs> I was quickly, I had my mind changed <laughs> when I saw what 1999 is going to look like. 
Yes. Yeah. So to let you down easy. No um, Backstreet Boys, no NSYNC. We, we, we cut immediately from this outer space sort of uh, opening titles and, and kind of showing the spaceship flying around back down to Earth to a place that the guy, the voiceover gentleman, our narrator, uh, he doesn't call it Monster Island. He calls it Monster Land. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I mean, I've always known it as Monster Island. Maybe it's like... Uh you know, Walt Disney World and Walt Disney Land. Maybe there's a second one off Boca Raton. Okay. Because the... by the time you get to like Godzilla vs. Megalon, monsters. by the time you get to Godzilla vs. Megalon, they're definitely on Monster Island. Who knows? And maybe. he's like the only monster there the by monster. Megalon. It's yeah. just like, it, it should just be called Godzilla Island. It's all very confusing. We wish they would have got their stories straight before they started filming. That was uh, <clears throat> not the case. So anyways, yes. We're on Monster Land, where we see Godzilla is happily living with the other monsters, uh, to name a few. Rodan, Mothra, Manda is there. Angerus. Angerus. Which one is the Barney-looking one? Barney, the sort of, like, cute one. That would be Minya, who is Minya. Uh, not cute. Uh, he is a walking David Lynch. The one that blows smoke, smoke, smoke. Yeah, things. Minya. Circles. Yeah, smoke circles. It was amazing. Yeah. I thought that it was like a useless sort of monster the yeah. whole movie. And, and then <laughs> it has the most awesome power because it can blow smirkles. Smoke smirkles. Smirkles. Smoke circles. Yes. Smirkles. He blows smirkles. Uh, trademark. Trademark. Yeah. <laughs> Trademarks for smirkles. Trademark. Evan Williams. EvanWilliams.com. New word invented. Okay. Who says we don't do important work on this podcast? <laughs> yes. So Minya blows the smirkles. Yeah. Uh, all Which worth, it was amazing. It just sort of like sat back. The whole, I know I'm getting uh, ahead no, a no, lot, no, no. but I was just amazed at like it sat back. I thought, what a useless, cute monster. And then it's like, eh, I'm gonna blow a smirkle, and it blows a smirkle like right on the the leg, and I don't know, kills the leg. I don't know. No, it was uh, the, the neck. Head, the neck. Yeah, one of the next one of the, the three Aim neck for the neck. Yeah, yeah, one of the three necks. Yeah. That's uh, that's yeah. Gidra, and yes. Um, it's definitely, Minyev is playing the long game there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> sort of just throwing it back. Is it possible that Minya, is that you, that we yeah. call it? Minya yeah. and Godzilla maybe had a relationship? I think... That's what I would Yes, yes. Okay. But it's not the one you may be thinking. They right. are actually, supposedly, father, Godzilla, oh. and son, Minya. Which oh, okay. was the relationship we were completely implying. We were not implying Pederask. Anything at all? Why would you think that? Uh, and we're clear. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I'm, one, I'm going to Google that word. And two, I just meant like uh, I, I, I think they're lovers. I think they're monster lovers. You, so you think Godzilla and Minya are lovers? Yeah, possibly. Yeah. Well, here, see, this is an interesting theory because there is no evidence that they're actually it's father and son. Godzilla yeah. just finds this egg. Um, oh, in see, the I previous know, film. I don't know the backstory. Yeah, okay. Oh, the, the previous oh, right. film is called Son of Godzilla. Oh, okay. And it's like, he goes to this island uh-huh. where Minya is born, and he defeats, as you do, a couple of uh, giant uh, fire-red-colored yeah. uh, praying mantises, mm-hmm. and then raises uh, Minya as his son, or her son, or her daughter, or his daughter. Uh-huh. The, I, I don't know. So, basically, we're thinking of Godzilla as Lolita, Type thing, yeah. Well, Minya would be Lolita in this case, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but like a Lolita complex, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
This is. So, uh, I'm, uh, I'm going to throw that out there. In, okay, in, in, in which case, Godzilla has anyway. very bad standards because he can do way better. He's the king of the monsters. Leaders. Okay. Yeah, yeah, but I'm... Minya's got the smirkle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's it's, um, yeah, the smirkle goes can, a long way. Yeah, the smirkle goes a long way. And yeah. clearly, what he did to Ghidra's neck could be some Freudian implication. That's uh, Okay. We don't know. Hey, you I took did. it there. You took it there. I, I'm going to take it. Okay. 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 You know, no one took. It. No one took it anywhere near there. I don't think uh, I don't all right. Going there at all. All right. Go control ahead. yourself. All right. All right. Deep breaths. Easy. Okay. Easy. Easy. Ease down. Easy. Ease down. Just like uh, Minya. God damn it. All right. So. Yes. You're going to edit this. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't think on. All okay. this crazy sex stuff. Except it's already starting to burn the computer. Uh, is is going up. Okay, so we are also told on this island that, I thought this was interesting, just that in addition to housing all of the monsters uh, with with the different colored gases that are released as, as we're told, barriers, and Rodan is held in check by a, uh, a magnetic shield. Yes. It causes it to not fly off the island. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, we are also told sort of Offhand, that uh, the scientists breed new types of fish around yeah. this island, and that the monsters are encouraged to eat as much of the wildlife <laughs> as as they want and get their fill. And we actually there's a there's a scene where Rodan kind of dive bombs a, a dolphin, yeah, and mm-hmm. eats it, which is sort of kind of. I don't know. It came off to be a sort of like mean spirited because the dolphins are like the clowns of the sea. You know, they're like yeah. they're our friends. Yeah. And so this seemed like to kind of come out of nowhere. And, but, the, but the Japanese, they don't care about dolphins. No, they don't. I, I mean, that's just, uh, that's it should be that's implied that the Japanese whaling companies do not. Uh, yes, that's care yeah. because yes. we as yes. I apologize uh, <laughs> to the Japanese people. Yes, people of Japan. I'm sorry. Um, so yes, I just thought it was interesting. This like they're a they're breeding new types of fish and b seemingly encouraging the monsters to eat these mutant hybrid fish. Yes, it just seems like that could yeah. be the catalyst for some sort of terrible situation. Yeah, um, but that know. has nothing to do with the rest. That of the has plot. got nothing to do with the plot, but it just bothered me on a personal right. level. I gotcha. Um, so we we do have uh, a returning cast member, the the main character Akira. Kubo, and he's been in enough films now where I've actually bothered to learn his name. Mm-hmm. Takira Kubo. This, <laughs> Is that the male love interest? That was the male lover. Uh, okay. He portrayed Tetsuo Tori in mm-hmm. uh, Monster Zero. He was also um, Goro in Son of Godzilla. Um, this is the thing, Emmett. In a lot of these Godzilla films, it's the same group of like six actors, but they're always playing different gotcha. characters. Because um, they had you know contracts with the studio and they were they were players for the studio. Mm-hmm. So uh, Akira Kobu now fully fledged. You know he's not a goofball like Goro. He's not a pipsqueak nerdlinger like uh, Tetsuo Tori. He's got the buzzed haircut. He's buffed up. He's the main astronaut. He's not taking lip from anybody. And uh, I will say that he does. Uh, you know, Kobu does does convey a sort of complete change of character, and mm. it does seem a lot tougher than he yeah. did in those last two movies. Um, Which is uh, it's refreshing. Yeah. Um, once we have this world established, things are thrown into chaos almost immediately. Uh, um, we see on the home base here on Monsterland the humans who sort of run the headquarters from inside a mountain volcano that they've hollowed out and cooled down. 
something. I believe it's like, it's not just underground, it's underwater as well. I believe they mentioned in the opening narration. Yeah. The people on the base on Monster Land are knocked out via gas. Sort of a turn of the tables, I would say. Mm. Because they have no problem continuously gassing these monsters into submission. And keeping them in a zoo-like enclosure. And this might be completely off whatever, but... I felt kind of bad for the monsters in the beginning of this movie because they just sort of seemed kind of glum. I mean, the music was sort of down-spirited where you can see Godzilla clearly trying to make a break for it in yeah. the beginning. And then that you know that barrier thing starts emitting this yellow smoke and he's just sort of confused like he's been you know brainwashed or something. And then he turns around and heads back to the island. And I felt kind of bad for him. I don't know. I mean, it seems like the, the music there is sort of... You know, kind of mournful in, mm. in a bizarre way. Um, anyways. The inhabitants... Sorry, the humans are knocked out by this strange gas that um, kind of uh, seeps through the... Underneath the door. Um, and the communication... I, I, I thought it was really funny that the... Uh... Everybody ran towards the gas. Yeah. <laughs> like Quickly, the whole, run towards the gas. That whole movie, they, everybody was sort of running packs. Yeah. Back and forth across, which is hilarious. Yeah. But they all were like, gas, let's run towards it. <laughs> I didn't understand that. Maybe that's a thing. Yeah. That, I think maybe yeah. they figured they were going to get knocked out, so why postpone the inevitable, yeah, you know, yeah, and, and just get it together. over with? Let's do it together yeah. and now. Yeah. yeah. That's the Japanese yeah. spirit. Uh-huh. Solidarity. Yes. <laughs> yes. Know. I love Japanese spirit. They're not going to run and hide. Let me play in Japan. Uh, <laughs> please let this man play in Japan. Yeah. So they get knocked out. The monsters vanish from the island. Then the film shifts over to the United Nations. Yes, the United Nations in Japan. Not the UN in New York. Uh, we'll explain why later. Um, while Almost immediately. Yeah, because so we're, they're looking at footage and they're trying to, you know, enhance. I'm doing quotations in the air because I know you can see me. They're trying to enhance the footage and they don't see the monsters they see, like, the, the mountains around Monster Island crumbling, and they're going, oh, what destruction, what could have caused this? Then they get a brief notice from, uh, I guess, uh, <laughs> Radio Moscow, uh, yeah. which on this chart works like a futuristic, you know, CNN. So they instantly cut to Rodan uh, flying over and destroying the Kremlin. And then they hear from Radio Paris, uh, a Frenchman talking about uh, Gorosaurus breaking through the ground and destroying the Arch de Triomphe. But they call him Baragon. Yes, they call him Baragon in both the Japanese and American versions, even though later he is clearly mentioned as Gorosaurus. In fact, at the beginning, he's called Gorosaurus. But for some reason, no one was paying attention enough to realize hey, wait a minute, we got this wrong. Well, because, yeah, exactly. The, in the script, it was supposed to be Baragon. Yes. And just no one noticed. Well, it, <laughs> uh, funny thing, Baragon was supposed to have a bigger, uh, a bigger spot in this film. In fact, I believe he was supposed to take Angaris's place. The problem was is, is that he had been on loan to Tomiyuki, uh, sorry, not uh, Tanaka, uh, Subaraya Productions, uh, which was currently doing the Ultraman series. Baragon and Godzilla uh, suits alike were uh, cannibalized in that show uh, for Ultraman to beat up relentlessly. And Baragon's suit, unfortunately, was just good enough to be kind of there. Yeah. Uh, not uh, in a condition to fight. Held, so. held together with uh, shoelaces and 
Yeah. Spit. Yeah, and, and uh, uh, Toho Vigor. Toho Vigor. Um, so, yes, the monsters are attacking major cities, but leaving Japan unscathed. Yes. Uh, we do see Godzilla uh, in New York. Yes, where he blows up the real UN. Uh, maybe a wink-wink, nudge-nudge. Bullseye, uh, <laughs> yeah, Bullseye's the United Nations uh, building. And that's I, that's the only time, I think, in any of the films that Godzilla uh, visits New York. Yeah. Um, um, I mean, he was in Guam in the last... Or they, they filmed on Guam right. in the, the last picture. So technically there was a Godzilla film that took place on U.S. territory. But uh, I think this is the first time he's actually attacked a major U.S. city. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Godzilla blows up the U.N., in New York, um, the other monsters, Mothra, we're, we're told is in Beijing. We don't actually see that. And quickly, the uh, a, a press conference is organized by this guy with the mustache who was the editor in Mothra versus Godzilla. And he's also had the, the, almost the exact same part in Monster Zero. He's, yeah. the, he's the hardened scientist guy. And uh, he, he conducts this... Really lazy press conference uh, where he just seems bored slash agitated with all of the news reporters. He says uh, borderline crazy things like, remember that typhoon from a couple years ago? I knew that would happen again. Uh, And then later on he tells the reporters to be quiet. And then at the end of the press conference when he's told them that they essentially know nothing, he says – he literally says, I'm tired. The press conference is over, (laughs) Uh, which seemed just sort of like – you're tired. Yeah. All the all the monsters are attacking every city in the world. This is like we're, we're on the brink of Armageddon here, and you're tired with this press conference. I mean, just I know you may yeah. be tired, but you know, tough it out. And he and this old white man. Oh uh, yeah, well, I wrote he, down. He, I wrote yeah. down uh, old British man. Yeah, because he oh, talks. Yeah, I wrote down old white man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Why so, was there an old white man? Why is well, Alfred it's for it's that for uh, diversity sake, but for some reason these two guys seem to be the the the, uh, the unofficial authority. leaders of yeah. the free world. They yeah. are not only scientists; they're not only leading; they're also apparently amateur scientists, psychologists, and doctors. I, I think the old British you know, dude might, may be a butler in training too, because <laughs> he's dressed exactly like a butler, and he literally talks like. Oh, yes, very good. Yes, I say so. Like, that is his inflection. Not so wine. Yeah, he's, he's not, he doesn't have quite the cockney of Michael Caine. <laughs> Shut up, a panda bat, master wine. But he's, he's, you know, he's definitely completely out of place and totally useless um, throughout the proceedings. So, you know, we basically, <clears throat> the, the spaceship that Akira Kubu is on the the SY3 is told by mission control to go back to monster land to investigate because i guess they are the only ones that can do it yeah uh, a paris you know paramilitary strike force couldn't be right. summoned no no um, i don't know very confusing but i thought it was strange again not knowing the oeuvre is that there was not a lot of monsters destroying things it yeah, was, it was a lot. It was very little monstering, and a lot of like people, people like making decisions in big groups. Yeah, that's 
Is that, is that I think that was the original title the, of the film. Yeah. <laughs> big group. <laughs> great, we're all big group. Together. Some monsters. Yeah. Several Profit. Japanese people and English butler yeah. boring, talking yeah. about situations in a boring manner. In a sort of a lame love story. Yeah. Sort yeah. of a, yeah, a toothless... Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, with his yeah. sister. Is well, that his sister? I, I mean, I don't one? know. I, I, yeah, I'm could pretty be. sure that's his sister. It could be his sister that's, or it could be his lover. That's something so. you would know. I'm saying. Uh, hey, you so brought me. up Minion. You were the one that brought up Logan. Whoa. I didn't Whoa. know that. But I didn't Whoa. know that. Oh, I didn't know even the, I didn't know the story. That. Guys, let's take a breath here, okay? <laughs> now, okay, so, yes, they, Akira Kubo and his, his team of astronauts go to Monsterland where they meet up with the, uh, the Keelax? Yeah, the Keelax. The Keelax. Yes, the Keelax. And uh, they are an all-women organization, mm-hmm. uh, I, I guess... Uh, Japan at the time was unhappy with uh, the women's right to vote or something like right. that. So all the the bad guys in this are uh, women. Um, so are, are the uh, the aliens themselves are women, uh, and and they say that they want to create a new uh, what scientific uh, base on Earth, and to do that they have to sacrifice some lives. They immediately go into their James Bond villain monologue where they talk about like all the wonders and then uh, our uh, hero mr akira kuba talks about how they'll never get away with this and he will uh you know uh regain his sister's uh, consciousness uh you know wh- whatever it takes uh and then more gas starts pouring out and there's a big shootout luckily they have brought their space mission regulation uh briefcase full of Gas masks. Just in um, case. Just in case they were gassed by aliens trying to take over the world. So that came in very handy. They get the gas masks on. They have a very violent shootout at this point. Yeah. Like, people get shot in the face in this. and uh, There's blood. There's blood. Um, and it's, you know, I don't know. It's it's just very violent. Yeah. And, and in, there are headshots. In, in fact, rewatching it, it was a lot more violent than I remembered it. Yeah. It was actually a scene I didn't remember too well. I just kind of remember them leaving and yeah. shots and yelling. But this is actually a lot more violent than I thought it was. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of the the stuff of the spacemen in this movie sort of seems like plot purgatory. Yeah. And you're just <laughs> you're you're waiting for stuff with the monsters. Yeah. And and yeah, like the, the, there was I felt like like the whole gunfight thing I felt like it was a little dip and I, I didn't fall asleep during it yeah but I may have like mentally dozed I've, I definitely fell asleep for yeah. a full half an hour later yeah. on in the yeah. film after yeah. um, after the monsters attack Tokyo I was just out um, yeah. when they had to go to the moon that, all that yeah. stuff yeah. I think you could have cut probably 40 to 50 minutes yes um, but anyways I'll, I'll, I'll get more into that later but yes yeah, so I, I didn't want to skip this scene. This the scene where the the doctor jumps out the window and it is just clearly a mannequin. Mm-hmm. Oh, I wasn't focused on the mannequin part. I was focused on the part that he jumped in the sand. Yeah, sand it can be hard. But oh, I mean, he would definitely yeah, be yeah, killed. Yeah, 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 for sure. It just seemed like a weird place to commit suicide. Yeah, yeah, a very painful way. Yeah. Um, yeah, I get they 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 bring this doctor to this uh, luxurious hotel on the side of a cliff, which the, to, to like yeah. 
Because like, they interrogate him before. With the head of the UN. Yeah, who's yeah. apparently also the, the chief interrogator. But this is sort of confusing to me, because they interrogate him at the UN. Like, they, they bring them there initially, mm. and they're like, now we must interrogate you again at a more suave locale, and let's all, you know, go get Armani suits before we do it. And we'll make sort of an afternoon out of it. And then we'll go to this other really nice penthouse hotel room. And then I'll interrogate you and ask you the same questions again. With pineapple-filled mojitos. Yeah, yeah, we'll get some mojitos or whatever. That seemed uh, very confusing to me. <laughs> Don't know why that was necessary. Uh, but they go there. And one of these doctors... It should be said that two of the uh, Monsterland staff... One of them being Akira Kubu's um, sister, and then one of this, one, the other one being the doctor who was the controller in Monster Zero. Yes, and the farmer from Seven Samurai, and uh, he's in a lot of it. Toho regular. Yeah. So. Um, they have been hypnotized or otherwise body snatched, and they're basically acting like pod people, emissaries on the behalf of the, of the Kelax. So the doctor uh, guy. He's the one, once they go to the, for the second round of interrogation in the Swank Hotel penthouse, he's the one who jumps out the window, and it, they clearly just threw a mannequin out the window, um, which, you know, these guys' bread and butter is making these monster suits. You think they could just make a human being that looked like a real human being, yeah. uh, especially if it's going to be hundreds of feet away from the camera. They fail in spectacular fashion. Um... Anyway, so, yes, there's another gunfight. There's some more stuff that happens. Uh, they, I guess they try to find the the, the, the way that the aliens are com- controlling the monsters. Well, what happens is they do an autopsy on oh, right, uh, the right. friend. Oh, they find the, the ball, he, yeah, the ball has, behind the ear. His ball, a uh, pachinko ball yeah. in, in his ear that is uh, apparently a... Uh, Mind-controlled device, and he's certain. In fact, and it isn't a doctor this time. First, the doctor does an autopsy. Then they give it to an astronaut to analyze. Real quick, Pachinko is the brilliant uh, loophole threading system that Japan has devised to go through the loophole of the fact that gambling is illegal in Japan, but everyone is addicted to gambling. It's from these places called Pachinko Bars. It basically plays like uh, Plinko from The Price is Right, um, where people take all of their winnings, but they don't win money. They win prizes, and what happens is you go next door to the Pachinko Bar, and you can trade in your prizes for cash. And that is how it's not really gambling, but it is gambling. So, continue. Uh, I've been to one. They're very loud. (laughs) Uh, actually, actually, I think that would probably make a better podcast than this one. Yes. Just kidding. Uh, so, anyways, so uh, they do the autopsy. Oh, yeah, with and the chief. They, yeah, in, the, in, the, the, the autopsy dude immediately learns what the transmitter is. He's like, it's a piece of metal of some kind. I have no idea what this is. And then. Ten seconds later, I'm thinking? Well, they give it to an astronaut. The doctor isn't sure. He's just like, was he hard of hearing? But then they give it to an astronaut in the yellow suit, and he is just like, well, I can tell you, it's, uh, it's, this uh, is a mind control. No, I think it's the same character. You're really going to have to go back and rewatch the scene. No, no, no. He, he, he's, he's jumping under under a It's like, this guy just said he has no idea what it is, and then like ten seconds later he says, oh, it's a transmitter of something. Because he looks at it under the, yeah, he does but look that, at it under the But that's a guy in the yellow suit, though. That, right. That's an astronaut. 
Well, as you can see, outstanding <laughs> characterization in this scene. <laughs> uh, thank you, Mr. Honda. You filled your film with characters that jump off the screen, and we thank you for it. Uh, so, the astronaut... Uh, I guess, yes. jumps to conclusion. The only way anyone finds out what's going on in this movie is jumping to insane conclusions from barely empirical evidence. <laughs> I mean, it's just... They, they, they're just making guesses. It's just one guess after another. It's like, in Monster okay. Zero, there was clearly, like, the... Uh, the, the it, it seemed... Uh, uh, the main characters in that film were actually curious about the fact that Planet X had a lack of H2O. Right. And that actually had a significance on the plot. This is just boom, 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 conclusion, conclusion, conclusion. Right. Uh, I, I have a theory. Oh, your theory was absolutely 100% correct. <laughs> so, based upon what this astronaut just guesses out of the blue, they say, okay, this guy was com- controlled with transmitters. That must mean the monsters are controlled by transmitters. They then begin a worldwide search for these transmitters. They quickly find all of them. Yes, which is and uh, explained them. in a beautiful photo montage. Yes. Which is why we watch a movie to see a photo montage of what is happening. Right. You watch a movie called Destroy All Monsters to watch a photo montage of places that have no monsters in them. <laughs> Anyways, yes. Maybe you just needed more monsters. Movie needed more monsters. Less uh, people, monsters more monsters. monsters. More monsters doing more stuff. Um, so yes, uh, this is about forty minutes into the film. They found all of these monster transmitters and destroyed them. They've all been hiding in what look appear to be fake prop rocks <laughs> from the Toho uh, lot. And uh, but so you're like, okay, now what's happening? And then again, around the forty minute mark. Everyone's in Tokyo, and this is when the monster convergence uh, happens. And it's what a relief to see these monsters <laughs> show up and have the humans shut up for a minute. So uh, what happens is is that uh, first uh, first Godzilla appears, right? Yeah, and then well, for, no, first Rodan shows. Up. Oh yeah, sorry, first Rodan and, and shows. And the guys up. like the guys like. Finally, he's here. Yeah. He's then, finally here. <laughs> it's like, so I think this the, the chief guy was just waiting for Rodan to show up. Yes. Like he... Which, they, well, they thought it would just be one monster, because only one monster had attacked each city, oh, each okay. major city. Then Godzilla shows up, and it's like, what? Godzilla? Oh, no. Two monsters. And then uh, Manda arrives, who we haven't seen since um, Toho's uh, Ataragon, I believe, 1961, uh, a little trivia about Manda, uh, his head had to be replaced. In Ataragon, uh, he had uh, horns on his head and looked a little bit more like a Chinese dragon. In this, he kind of looks like a salamander that was half hit by a <laughs> truck. But yeah. uh, nonetheless, Manda... He, still uh, strategically appeared. useless on land. Yes, yes. There just um, so happens to be the track of an, of an L train that Manda can destroy, but that's about it. There is some law, some uh, behind-the-scenes foot or uh, cut footage where the alien, the Keelocks, briefly lose control of the monsters, and Godzilla and Manda fight. But that was uh, fortunately cut out because it would have made no sense. Yeah, at least was... as uh, the, at least uh, movie plot thus far, it would not have served the plot. It would have been kind of cool. It well, would have been I've cool. seen that footage. If they had not done the coconut montage, yeah, the, the, the where are the spheres hiding? That would have been a more intricate way of. For someone saying, hey, 
maybe these monsters are out of range or something from a, maybe they're being controlled by something else. Right. You know, so, something a little bit uh, Although, if they would have included that, then it wouldn't make any sense later on when they're not fighting and not under the aliens' <laughs> control. So maybe it's best that they cut it out. I have seen that footage, though, and it's pretty neat. But um, just because Amanda just... Godzilla just throttles Manda literally like a, a hose that he's trying to get the water out of. Um, anyways, That's it's pretty gross. Uh, yeah, Mothra shows up in caterpillar form. Yeah, which it, uh, clearly it's like they weren't even trying. It was clearly like half of Mothra on a stick Yeah, poking out of the subway entrance. Yeah. And it's just like, okay, there's Mothra. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Let's not talk. Let's move but on. But then the army does the brilliant thing of unleashing a whole bunch of rockets into the city that do nothing more than destroy, perpetuate yeah. the destruction further. Destroy even more the city and are more destructive, I think, than the monsters. Yes. Um, so, yeah. Unleashed by the, the command, ready, fire. <laughs> um, so, yes, got, or, Tokyo is destroyed. For me, this is the, the, this is the climax of the movie. This is where I'm the most excited because this is the time when you get to see... Honda directing, you get to see it like late sixties Godzilla suit, and more importantly, late sixties Tokyo with the scale of those buildings, which is completely different. This is fourteen years after the original Godzilla, and the buildings now are beginning. They've, they're they're not dwarfing Godzilla, uh-huh. but they're over his head at this point, and I think that that is sort of the, sticks out to me that it does. Um, they did a, a pretty good job. That part of it is pretty cool. Um, so, yeah. Did you notice the uh, at the end when they sort of kind of fade to later on that day with sort of nighttime? And there's a rapid zoom in on the one sign, that shot, and there's sort of that melancholy music playing over. You may have been asleep at this point. Yeah, I, may, I, 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 may, I may have dozed during that. Okay. I, what was the sign? Well, you can't tell, but in the American version, but if you get a, your hands on the international dubbed copy, it's it's like a, some children's hospital or something. It's really dark. It, like it's like the the movie takes a hairpin I, turn and uh, kind of it's very dark. It's very quick, but it's sort of yeah. like gravely assessing the devastation, and then boom, it zooms in. Oh, yeah, I missed that. Yeah. I, but, uh, you know, that's a children's hospital in Tokyo. That's sad. It's, it's kind of like watching it's an very episode. Sad. It's very sad. It's kind of like yeah. watching an episode of the original Power Rangers. And then after they uh, defeat uh, Rita, they <laughs> realize, like, oh, they pick yeah. up their point. You, and it's no, like, no, Jason comes and is like, I got lymphoma, guys. <laughs> Call out the power of Titanus. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's sort of what it's like. It's completely like, what? It's, it's tonally, it's... I don't know why they put that. Just to remind people of where Godzilla came from or something. I don't know. I've never seen Power Rangers. You've never seen Power Rangers? Yeah. Oh, you simply must. I will. It's, yeah, it's, will. it's like where's, losing where's your mind. Power Rangers podcast? The Power Rangers podcast is not here, my not friend. Right. Not, not elsewhere. yet. Not yeah. yet. Until we get something from Amazon.com. No. Uh, <laughs> That's, no. No. Um, <laughs> so, yes. Tokyo... Gets destroyed by the monsters. They apparently um, all the monsters attacking the major cities all over the rest of the world was a distraction that the Kilax played on the humans because they were secretly building their new base in Japan. Yeah. Um, 
I forget the exact location. It's near Mount Fuji. Yeah. But, um... Mount Fuji looks great in this one. Yeah. yeah. I mean, maybe and, want to go and yeah, and like the, the I mean, scale. they spent hundreds yeah. of man hours building those yeah. sets. Yeah, um, and uh, it was definitely worth it. Unfortunately, it, it, the, the conclusion was not to spend as much time on those as it was for the humans, the 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 non monster actors. <laughs> if they had done that, like in other films, like you know, Monster Zero, it probably would have paid off. You know, even better. Yeah. Uh, Anyways. So, um, we're getting close to the period of time where I fell asleep from boredom. Um, no, real quick, they have, they try to, uh, they, they figure out in the general area, this general vicinity, where the base is. Yeah. Oh, but, and uh, but, the sister uh, briefly comes to the uh, the the now like uh, UN in hiding. Oh, yeah. She, he, uh, what she seemingly gets past security and they find out her mind tracking device was in her ears. Yeah, on a, again, yeah. just completely. Yeah, or in the, her earrings. Uh, Akira oh, Kobu, know. yeah, just I like know. rips her earrings. Yeah, I was like, have, just take the earrings out. You don't have to. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, that was Poor completely woman. unnecessary. Yeah, completely unnecessary. And again, he has no idea how yeah. that, like, if those are the transmitters or not. It really seems like yes. a dick move. Yeah. It does seem Especially good. to your sister. I mean... Or lover. Yeah. Again, I have no idea. It could be either. Um, so, yeah. It was the 60s. It was the 60s. <laughs> he... No. Uh, he... Uh, so he, he rips off his sister slash lover's earrings, and she's she's no longer being controlled by the Kelax, and she's like, ow, my ears hurt. Why did you rip off the earrings? And she's like bleeding the whole. Thing. Oh god, yeah, it's terrible. Is that when the the Ked Keylock lady shows back up on the screen? Uh, that's that's when I got really interested in the movie again. Yeah, maybe. And she says my favorite line. I have other business to attend to, but feel free to surrender at any time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was, was, and if you leave really the call the in the highlight. next thirty minutes, <laughs> yeah, please that's leave where a message after the screen. Yeah. Um. I think that well, they try to attack the the base near Mount Fuji, mm-hmm. but Godzilla it destroys all of their um, tanks and stuff. Yes, Godzilla and Angerus and Angerus destroy the tanks. Uh, that doesn't work, so they decide to go in again without the tanks. They decide, to, well, yeah, but they they go in, and that's when the I believe I have other business to attend to. But feel free to surrender at any time. They, well, well, they go in and they go into a cave with like air coming out of it. Then they see like a projection of the Keylocks and they talk to them. And then they yeah. have. Then uh, they surmise that they have to go to the moon. Yes, because that must be where their other base is. Right. So they go to the moon. Uh, they this is when I fell asleep. Are immediately so. attacked by flamethrowers that were just you know right in the right place at the right time. So they go out of the SY three in a, uh, a, a, a half track truck with laser beams. They shoot their lasers at the front door of the base. It blows up. Uh, and the key locks turn into their uh, like rock form. They're like because they're like T one thousands. They're like liquid metal. Yeah, ba- ba- basically that uh, are afraid that are allergic to cold uh, or the vacuum of space. Uh, <laughs> unlike us, right. um, and this is where even more of the laws of nature and uh, sanity are uh, 
thrown asunder, where uh, they find the device that is controlling all the monsters. They think. They I think. Mean, they have yeah. no idea what this is. Well, which like, they we say thought they, they had see... already found them. Yeah. But... But basically, Akira Kobo tells one guy, destroy any... Destroy all pieces of equipment. Yeah. And my ears perked up there because it's like, oh, I thought they were going to say destroy all monsters. They don't. He says destroy all important pieces, uh, important looking pieces of equipment, which could be anything. Yeah. (laughs) This alien technology. And uh, they find this thing that looks like a siren. Yeah. uh, That's encased in like a diamond of plexiglass. Yeah. And they're uh, like, that looks important, and it survived the explosion. It, it also looks like a game at Chuck E. Cheese. I mean, yeah. honestly, that, that's what it looks like. A game, one of those games that, like, never when you, worked. Well, like, when you but, win a lot of tokens yeah. on the top of the machine, this thing would go off. Yeah. So, uh, they surmise that this is something worth destroying. So, they go back to their truck, take off one of the lasers, plug it in, start shooting it at the, um, at the plexiglass... The wire overheats, and to show that it's overheating, it it lights on fire. Right. In space. Remember, we are still in, in space. In a vacuum. Yes. And I'd like to say everything that Nate is saying, this sequence of events takes, like, six minutes yes. of them just very quietly doing all of this, and just kind of, like, there's no talking amongst any of the men. They're just kind of, like... And then you cut back to the Earth base a couple of times, and the old British man at one point says... Uh, from the amount of time that has passed, we have to assume that the mission is a complete failure. It's like that's kind of harsh. Yeah. yeah. I mean, maybe give them a couple extra minutes or wait for uh-huh. some signal or, or something. You you don't have to assume it's a complete failure. Yeah. Uh, again, another rash decision <laughs> in, in a film full kind, of them. Kind to unlike in Monster Zero, where there's like an actual like it feels like. Time is of the essence. Right. It really feels like they're phoning in this time yeah, yeah. is of the essence feeling. It's I, like I, you know. Okay, I did see the whole movie. I fell asleep for half an hour, but then once I watched the end of the movie, then I went back and did watch the half an hour that I was. Oh, confident. you're a better man than I am. <laughs> yeah, um, I did not go back. So they get this, cut this Chuck E. Cheese siren thing off, and uh, they come back to the base, and the chief guy's like. Now watch this, and then it fades out. And then, well, Godzilla appears back in Tokyo, and they're like, "Ah, good, he's there. Right. We, we can, by the way, we can control the monsters now. We have a new device. We were working on it while you were up at the yeah. moment. Sorry, we didn't tell you this earlier. Yeah. Uh, but um, then, as you said, it fades to black, and the fun begins. Yeah. A good what hour and twenty minutes into this film? It's an hour and sixteen minutes before you get to the part where one monster is is subdued. Yes, by several other monsters. So um, instead of a narrator, uh, we have a news reporter Ooh, narrating. I love that. I thought, yeah, I felt like sort of like Errol Morris. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> type documentary. Yeah. This is some thin blue line stuff going on. It was, yeah, yeah. Um, so, and. Yeah, and, and, and this guy, I think he's trying to make a career out of this because he's really overstating what is going on. My favorite part when he was when he was like, there's obviously, he, you know, he's narrating, and then he's like, audience, listen to what's happening. And he points the, the microphone towards the monsters. <laughs> towards the giant <laughs> monsters. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. so, that makes it... Yeah. yeah. If, if he, he reaches, hear. yeah, if he reaches his hand out that extra... <laughs> Yeah. Thirty inches. Yeah, they will. That'll make it clear. Yeah. yeah, exactly. They they nailed it. Yeah. Nailed it. Um, yeah. Also, like he keeps on saying, "Out, listen to their cries, cries of, of pain, horror. of horror, and sudden, sudden death." death. Like, no, no 
No monsters are dying. What are yeah. you even talking about? They're, it's like a knitting circle. Yeah. They're all just sitting around. I would love if This American Life did an episode <laughs> of Monster Battles. Right. Like, that would sound it would sound really good. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, a bunch of monsters come out. Most of them are just sort of laying on the floor, kind of doing nothing. It's really... Well, well let's go over the fact. We've got Godzilla. Right. Then Minya. Angerus. Mothra, then Spiga. Spiga, then Manda, Baragon, and Varan kind of in the background. Right. You kind of see Varan like float into the corner. Varan is just barely in this yeah. movie. I think it could be said that Varan photobombs this movie. Yeah. He's because he's just sort of like, hey guys, I'm here. No, I'm not. And then he just kind of floats out of the frame. You know, he does nothing. I don't even think that was the Varan costume. I think that was like a Varan puppet that was yeah. left over, and some stagehand found it. it. Was like maybe sitting on it during his lunch break. And be like, guys, look, I found it. It's Varan. We can have him in the movie now too. You know, and uh, uh, Gorosaurus. Gorosaurus. Hey, Gorosaurus yes. is the MVP of this battle. Yes. Now, Gorosaurus, his only other film. In the franchise, at this point, has been King Kong Escapes, where he briefly had the most satisfying monster battle in the history of Toho, where King Kong ends up punching him in the face like 30 times in a row. It's amazing. But, that, you know, that's supposed to be a different universe. That's, that's the Rankin-Bass, you know, <laughs> King Kong cartoon show Toho-verse. So that's supposed to be different. But they, it was, you know... It was supposed to be Baragon doing all that fighting, but as Nate said, the Baragon suit was all tore up, so had to get Gorosaurus, who was small time. Yeah. You know, he, he was a—he's he, not the starting he, one. He's, he's the Rocky. He's the Rocky of this movie. You know, nobody thinks he could do it. Yeah, but but he 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 pulls his own weight. He definitely. Well, he's the one who knocks down Gidra finally. Yeah. Gidra's uh, they're, kick. They're all fighting Gidra. So, the so they're suppo- the 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 point. The reason they have all the monsters is that since now that their army is in complete disarray, they need to use the monsters to destroy the Keylock base. Right. You know by you know using all their powers uh, combined and Captain Planeting the, uh, the right the, the mountain, and uh, then Ghidra appears, uh, <laughs> and the the Keylock's like, aha, Ghidra is a space monster. You're never going to win. See, see. Uh, I, I think. Yeah, it wasn't Edward G. Robinson in this movie? He was not. The, here, here's the thing, though. This is where the critical failure of this film. Uh, it's it's about stakes, okay? Ghidra the Three-Headed Monster, 1964. It takes the combined forces of Godzilla, Mothra, and Rodan to defeat Ghidra. Following year, Monster Zero, 1965. Ah, what do you know? Rodan and Godzilla just by themselves defeat Ghidra. All right, flash forward to 1968, destroy all monsters. Now you have Ghidra facing Godzilla, Rodan, Manda, Baragon, Varan, Spiga, Mothra. It's just not even a contest. How come you don't mention Minya? Manya? Because Minya, Minya. his smirkles uh-huh. are just aesthetically pleasing, yes, but right. they have uh, almost sir, no effect. Do you think the smirkle is too late? It like, it, His smirkle, it, it was a garnish, okay? No, the no, meal no. had been cooked. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> okay? <Yeah. laughs> um, they do allow Minya to stand on top of Ghidra's dead corpse. Right. Um, like and, any good father-son moment. Right. Uh, it, well, it's almost like, a, you know, the, the father taking the picture of the son with the buck. After yeah. the, <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, gotcha. smile there. <laughs> uh, but it's... 
it's it's devoid of any. I mean, it's pretty exciting. Okay, how did you uh, you like this battle then? Yes, you thought it was entertaining. It kept me awake. Yeah, it kept, so me, it kept oh, me awake. I mean, look, it's a there thousand was, percent more exciting than the rest it, of the movie. Yeah, there was a ba- there was a battle. There was like smoke and spray coming coming out of monsters' noses and orifices, and and so that was nice. And then the the the, the what do you call them? The Regan? What do you what do you call the What's the monster? The Gidra? Gidra. Gidra. I, we'll, we'll call them Riggins. Yeah, Riggins. Riggins, yeah. Riggins the, uh, the, the, the evil monster, the bad monster. It, like, it, w- it wouldn't die. I felt like Godzilla stepped on its, on its neck, one of its necks, many, many, many times. Where it started. Went away. Right. Yeah, went away and it said, I need to finish this, and it came back. Right. And so it was... He was like, answering a text. <laughs> <laughs> he had to update his Facebook status, which was getting... <laughs> In a monster battle. Hashtag neck stomp. (laughs) And so, and then the left and then left and then came back. And so, uh, yeah, it was was a nice long battle. And there was, yeah, so it was, it was a good way to end it, I thought. Yeah. Yeah. Um, They, they, I will say it is satisfying that they do finally kill Ghidra at the end of the fight. Whereas in the other films, Ghidra just sort of like flies away. It's like Destro in an episode of G.I. Joe. Escaping. You know, but here, no. They Gorosaurus gives him his uh, kangaroo kick, and yeah. he falls down, and they beat him to death. Yeah, basically. <laughs> um, so and, that was, you know, and I think in the what the official chronology or whatever, that's that's it for the Showa appearances of Ghidra, even though he's back in Gigan, But that's again, that's 1972. Yes, or whatever. yes. Um, so that's and most of that, which uh, oddly enough, most of that movie is made up of stock footage from this movie. Yeah, uh, but we'll we'll get into that. Uh, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Anyway, so yeah, there's some other stuff with the humans, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> a, a, an alien ship, which they call a flying like bird, a flying, flying dragon, fire dragon, fire dragon comes. Rodan and the monsters are powerless to destroy it. Uh, so the SY three. Uh, is sent to take care of it. Turns out, it's just a spaceship. It's just a flying saucer. Yeah. Yeah. And they shoot it with their freeze gun. Godzilla blows up the Keylock base. Um, and then, uh, you know, lots of cheers. The monsters are sent back to Monster Island, in which we get a beautiful look at them back in their quasi-natural habitat. This is the, the biggest problem that I had with the film, is that the... the the, some some people in charge were flying around with a helicopter and yeah. they were sort of looking down like, oh, look at our happy monsters. And, and the sad music? Yeah. Well, no, it's just that the monsters are like imprisoned on this <laughs> on this island. Absolutely. They're not happy. No. They can't be happy. They're institutionalized. And, yeah. And they even had like, there was even like a bow or something like from Godzilla, like, thanks for, I'm ha- we're all happy, the planet's safe again. But I think inside, Godzilla's not very happy. Uh, maybe yeah. there is uh, one flew over the cuckoo's nest ending for Godzilla. Smothers Baragon. One of those giant boulders yeah. that seems to be all over uh, <laughs> Japan. So, Evit, based on this film, uh-huh. w- uh, and w- would you watch other Godzilla movies? This is sort of it. it, it, it um, it's a pretender to the throne. It wants to be the crown jewel. If but you it's... if you said to me, Emmett, you need to watch this film. To come back and do the podcast, I would watch it. But outside of that, no. You won't have to watch this one again. No, no, yeah, no. I meant like uh, another. Like, would I suggest this film to to somebody? No, 
No, yeah. But I would not. But if, but I would, I would maybe watch another Godzilla film if you, if you ask me, Mike, because I consider you a friend. But outside of that, no, I will not be watching any more Godzilla films until the one probably in May 2014. May 16th. May 16th, yeah. 2014. That was, see, that was a thing to like, I was watching this movie. Oh, I was watching Destroy All Monsters. In the middle of it, I got the email that's the teaser trailer for May 16th, Godzilla. Then I was like, wow, this is different. And I thought, I will, are, I'll see this one. These are these yeah. are different in tone and production quality. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And star quality. And star quality. Yeah. Cranston. Yeah. Uh, yeah. One of the Olsen. Yeah, Elizabeth Olsen, Elizabeth Cranston, Olsen David Screaming, Stratham. yeah. Yeah, it's got... Kick-Ass is in it. And wasn't yeah. one of the uh, actors from the original Godzilla? Yeah, Kira Takanata. Kira Takanata. Is in it. So, um, a definite all-star cast. Yeah, that's going to be incredible. Destroy All Monsters. You basically, it's like your soul is a tire and it's been pricked and it's deflating the whole time you're yeah. watching it. It's just kind of like, yeah, it exists. It bit off more yeah. than it could chew. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's, uh, I don't hate it. But it definitely could have been better. Um, the, the Godzilla Final Wars, I think, when we get to it, we'll explain why that, uh, I think, succeeds in many areas. It's, yeah, it's a more fails. successful version of the same idea, but yeah. also, in the same way, kind of goes off the rails. Yeah. This, I mean, this film, as absurd as it is, I think its problem is it stays too thoroughly on the rails. I mean, it's the, the human scenes... Are as we've sort of alluded to, are just boring. Yeah. Um. There's not. There's not a whole. There, there's almost no jokes in it. Or if they are, they're ham fisted, mm-hmm. and it's the, none of the uh, the sharpness and the wit from from films even like a couple of years earlier is there. It's all it's, Monster Zero, Mothra, uh, or even when the ser- what the more serious tone ones such as uh, the original Godzilla. I mean that's. Not there at all. You're, you're finally at that tipping point where it's f- becoming schlock. And it should be said that this uh, is a sign of the way the Japanese film industry was headed uh, in the 70s, uh, which we're coming up uh, just a couple of years away from. Um, definitely uh, the film industry uh, reached a definite change uh, where uh, the satisfaction of TV was uh, much more... Uh, pleasing to audiences that the uh, film industry didn't quite know how to handle that. And, you know, they already, just like in the United States, in the 50s and 60s, experiments with color and widescreen and, uh, you know, all different kinds of gimmicks, you know, monster movies in general. That's a way to get people into a movie theater. 70s, it's a lot harder. Uh, And uh, the novelty of a monster movie changes and the novelty of... um, you know, just regular, um, regular drama changes, and you get uh, studios like Nikatsu creating uh, Pinku Ega, which is uh, which are you know, softcore lesbian porno films uh, to be shown at your local theater. That's the desperation. Or Toho itself um, upping the blood and gore with series such as Lone Wolf and Cub. Um, you know, that's a samurai uh, epic. Uh, so uh, definite. Uh, this is a definite sign of the times. There's a, there's a, yeah, there's sort of a, you know, it's spectacular, but you can see just underneath the surface, there's sort of a desperation. Mm-hmm. And they're frantically just trying to get people to, you know, you can kind of put it under the banner of, oh, well, it's the last movie. 
So we wanted to go out on a big, you know, high note, but well, why is it the last movie? That's because there's no audience for this anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, or if there is, it's small children. Yeah. Or they're um, going more for Ultraman. Right. So, so Ultraman was great. When's that podcast? <laughs> uh, we'll see. We'll okay. see. All right. Um, so yes, I'm trying to think anything else I want to say. I can't, I can't really think other than the first time I saw this film, I saw, I rented it from a organization or a, a store called Gen X in East Lansing, Michigan. And that place was the coolest place ever. That's, I rented Ninja Scroll and Akira from there the first time. And th- that was the first place I saw. It was a VHS of Destroy All Monsters. And I rented it from there. And, and yeah, I, I would always sort of dreamed about seeing this movie. And then I finally saw it. And I'm like, that's eh, pretty good. But the music, the march, really yeah. stuck with me. And be like, that's amazing. But, you know, the rest of the movie is it's okay. Uh, yes. Anything to plug, uh, Emmett? Uh, um, my, uh, tour starts January 3rd at a, at a venue, music venue near you. Okay. Or you. Where or can, you. where can we find out more information? Emmettwilliams.com. And what kind of music? Uh, me and a guitar screaming about the trials and tribulations of your fellow man. I got, I got nothing. That sounds exciting. <laughs> that's a good plug. That's one of the best plugs I've ever heard. Yeah. <laughs> if you were like me, I, home home listeners, you are. Uh... <laughs> I I'm gonna work my elevator pitch. When's that podcast? Uh, the, this uh, is it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Go this, for this it. it. Uh, yeah. Uh, I just looked at my notes. I have nothing else about the movie. Okay. Well, I just I just want to say for the record, Evan is very impressive. <laughs> and we have said we have touched on none of the uh, awesome stuff he's done. Oh, you're kind. He's a documentary filmmaker, exhibited photographer. I read on one website. Uh, he's a film critic. He's some of his work has been featured um, in the Washington Examiner, uh, as well as other places. And uh, he's he's a dear friend of mine. And I, Emmett, thank you for being on this podcast today, sir. Are we gonna hug now? I think we can hug. Okay. I think we can hug. Okay. Sure. Uh, we don't have to. All right. Okay. Well, then uh, let us uh, close with the uh, quote from the uh, great uh, Japanese writer uh, Fumiko Hayashi. The life of a flower is short. It suffers so much pain. What? Wow. What? What? That was really <laughs> we can't close sad. That. <laughs> that was the saddest oh, closing. God. I don't... <laughs> Let's no. Let's right. let's close with juvenile from uh, back that ass up. Walk into my house, yeah. I'm a house, yeah. There we go. That's that's now, the, yeah. Yes, that's the podcast. One that's yeah. the okay. Yeah. Now we're breaking. Okay, good. <laughs>